Welcome to the Revel Podcast, episode number 29. It is Tuesday, February 16th (laughs) at 4.23 p.m. And today we're going to talk about nothing in particular and everything in general. First off, you just got back from Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I did. I did. It was very interesting. Um, First of all, Gatlinburg is just a little town that's nestled in the in the Smoky Mountains. That's the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Great Smoky Mountains. Um, And I got there on Thursday afternoon. and Rick and I were planning on going to a place called Cades Cove, which is it's kind of a, a where some settlers were, and there's some old cabins that have been restored from the 1800s, and some cantilevered barns. And um, unfortunately, Friday morning it snowed about an inch, and um, then it cleared up, but the roads into the mountains were closed. Oh. You could not go um, because. I hadn't thought about it, but they don't use any kind of chemicals or salt on the roads. So while they could plow, they couldn't really make it melt. So the further up in the elevations and on those curvy oh. roads, and anybody with a four-wheel drive could actually, I'm sure, get through no problem. But um, people were traveling from all over the country. And we, in fact, ran into some folks from Jacksonville, Tennessee, who said, um, yeah, we, you know, we can't go if there's a dusting of snow. We cannot drive up there. We Why? would just get well. They, I think, they were uncomfortable with it and were afraid they'd wreck and fall off the mountain. Hmm. And I can't say that I blame them. Well, when we were <laughs> in California, and we went to Sequoia National Park. When you get higher in the elevations, they have snow chain uh, recommendations. Like you're supposed to bring them with you, but you don't have to use them unless you need them. That's what it said. It just says carry snow chains. But everybody was using their snow chains, and me and Sunjin were like, why are they using the chains? It's like totally not necessary. But they were all from California, so they have no experience driving in the snow um, or no feel for it. So they were. Yeah. And I think that hurt. makes a big difference. Um, that, that's not that interesting, though. I want to know what did you guys do while you were in Gatlinburg? Well, um, so. And you went with. My brother's family. I so went with your the, other yeah. sons. My other son and his wife and his two sons. One son is three, or almost three, and the other one is um, five months old. And my fiance Rick, we all went together, although Rick and I went a day early, and then he left on Sunday, and I stayed another day with the kids. And we mostly um, kind of walked around in the Gatlinburg area, which has lots of you know stores along this strip, um, and then tried to hike when we could. Um, and that was really interesting to hike with kids. Um, Everett loves to be outside, but he's got a whole different, you know, pace than adults do. <laughs> so faster or slower? Uh, slower. He likes to. There it was it was a lot of detours. Um, oh yeah, he's to stop. Like, What's this the, what is here? this? What is this? Or you know, he wanted to walk this way. Um, the last day that we were there, we went to this place called Elkmont, which used to be like a a vacation place where people had cabins that they owned and went to and i guess it was bought out by the government so now these homes they're pretty nice looking homes are just abandoned and falling apart but it was sleeting and snowing and the path is pretty wide but it goes right along a river or a big stream and everett on the way up was you know fine with walking on the side not by the river but on the way back he was doing everything he could to get by the river and and 
like I kept having to grab him like he wanted to slide off. Probably wasn't that that close, really, but it sure looked like it to me because we we're looking like right down in this rushing cold water, and and he and he thought it was funny when I tried to like corral him back. I mean, he was like laughing. And he, <laughs> it was crazy. Your life's in danger, kid. <laughs> like what are I'm you not doing? kidding. You can't do that. Finally, um, your brother sent you and picked him up and put him in a carrier and carried him for a while, and he wasn't very happy about it, but he but he did it. So, but it was it was just interesting to see how like he didn't have a mission to get somewhere he was just meandering and you know why is that brook there why is that stream there (laughs) and it it was um but it was fun it was really fun the baby just was in a carrier the whole time he slept he woke up he'd look around but it was really cute he had a um a little brown bear onesie on so it had little hats and it was all fuzzy it looked like a bear out there in the woods and some somebody that we passed in, in this in one of the centers said you better be careful the bears out there will think he's one of their own and take him back he's too cute <laughs> yeah it was fun cool was fun. um and other than that there's not that much to do there if you don't like to hike the only other thing there is to do is shop which Everett also had his own calendar on that, too. We were trying one morning to go to breakfast, and, and we, like, parked at one end of the street and had to walk a mile to the other end of it to get to this breakfast place because we don't really know where it was. Um, but he wanted to stop and look in every single window. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, would have been fine if we hadn't been trying to get to breakfast. You know, my dream is is to be a travel vlogger. So uh, there's fun. a guy named Fun for Louie on YouTube who he just goes travels all over the world and he just vlogs and like i don't watch his vlogs religiously but sometimes like when i'm cooking dinner or while i'm eating dinner or after dinner like that's the best time to watch them because it's like super nostalgic and you feel like man he's out there having an adventure i get to live through it vicariously but i would just love to be a travel vlogger and go to places like that and then go to random restaurants and then do lots of shots of my food and stuff. <laughs> like, we're going to eat breakfast here, and then we're going to meander over here, and then do, like, a hyper montage of all the... Like, so if it was me and Everett, I'd be like, okay, we can look at every single store. And then I would just do, like, 10 frames for every store and show all of them. Yeah, and uh, he would have liked that. In fact, we decided on Sunday, after we went to see the Ripley's, believe it or not, auditorium and looked at all kinds of weird stuff because in the lobby they had this like giant optimus prime oh giant like we went to that the ripley's believe it or not in jackson hole wyoming i think yeah yeah no we did yeah i've also been to the mutters museum like the mutter museum have you ever heard of that no it's like in philadelphia or philadelphia yeah i went with my friend in new york when i lived there and we just went to that. It was like this museum of like disgusting stuff. So it's like some dude who like his intestine got backed up for like three months. And then I don't think he died or maybe he died, but they had it on display. His so, intestines? Yeah. It was That's really weird. Gross. Yeah. It's all sorts of weird stuff like that. And I was saying the whole time, I was like, I don't want to go there. Why would I want to go there? And then we went there, and then I was done after like five minutes. And Margie, she was still just like looking at everything. It's like, oh, this is cool. Oh, let's go. <laughs> um, okay, so that was the overall successful weekend. It was. It was the um, the trip home was a little harried because there was um, it was foggy 
like the whole trip. I, I drove back to Cincinnati and stayed overnight last night. But the whole trip was kind of drizzling and foggy and up and down those hills and curves. And we had a crazy semi it was tailgating our car. And yeah, it was just, it was a little bit harrowing, but, but fun. And we had a great time. I was really glad I went. I, I'm surprised, though, that how out of shape I am in just five days away from the studio. That's really interesting because yeah. I'm not affected by that at all. Oh, I, I apparently am. I, or maybe I just haven't slept well enough, but I taught one class today at 2 o'clock, and, and I was like huffing and puffing and tired and just didn't think I was going to get through it. Okay, so um, I'm going to ask you in a second, what epiphanies have you come to this weekend like, have you come to any epiphanies? Because, like, I come to an epiphany, like, every two days. <laughs> so I don't know if everybody's like that. But one of the things I was thinking about, so this weekend we worked really hard on our videos. I stayed up to, like, 4 a.m. one day, 2 a.m. the next day, 2 a.m. the next day. And I felt like crap yesterday. And I remembered back to this podcast I listened to about this guy named Wim Hof. Yeah, He's an I remember you telling Dutch me guy who he has done incredible things. So it actually is true. Like I mentioned this before, he's climbed Mount Everest in his shorts, shorts, and then crampons on his shoes, no shirt, nothing. He climbed Mount Everest. He climbed Mount Everest. Like, that in itself is a feat. Yes, people like bring up hundreds of oxygen tanks. Like that place is literally like littered with dead bodies and trash from people struggling to get up there. And he did it in his shorts. I I still want to fact check that though because I literally just listened to it yesterday. But saying it right now, it sounds unbelievable. Yeah, but but, but you've seen some of the other stuff he's done, like sitting in a bath of ice. Yeah, for hours. He he ran a marathon in a desert without drinking water and like apparently he like sweated out uh like 14 liters of water or something ridiculous like that and his core temperature remained the same the entire time so like but his big thing is he talks about breathing he's like to get back to our physical like core physiology is one of the problems with modern society is that our core physiology is not being challenged anymore so like we don't have the necessary stressors to strengthen our body or just the necessary stressors to keep us at the proper peak physical happiness condition his thing is it's like look if you're not happy if you're depressed if you don't feel good then that's not your natural state your natural state should be a happy healthy person and so like he's just got this great message he wants to just like lift the world back into out of depression and like fighting and the maladjustment and all this stuff. I mean, his big thing is just breathing more. Yeah. And like I was thinking about that, how often do we actually breathe to where we're like, am I getting enough breaths? Like, or am I just doing it entirely involuntarily? And like, if you have a nose like I do, like my right nostril is closed off more than my left. So sometimes it's only air coming in through one hole. If that's, he had a funny joke too. He was like, they're like, should you, breathe in through your mouth or through your nose and he's like just it, it doesn't matter what hold just get it in there <laughs> <laughs> he's a super funny guy um god he's so funny um it's, it's funny because like if he had a bad message he could be a really good cult leader like he's that charismatic that like man i, I would follow that dude i've never met him just heard him talk i'm like mm, yeah, i would follow you down a bad path if i were susceptible to cults. <laughs> 
more on that in a second, actually. But um, yeah, he's all about breathing more. And then I was thinking about, I used to play basketball all the time. That was my main sport, main physical activity. I have no problem playing for hours. Like I had all energy, I'd play hard, and then I feel good later, all that stuff. After I do Zumba class, more and more, just as time went on, I would get more tired after a class than energized. Like after playing basketball, I'd lots of times feel energized or at least like relaxed. Now after a Zumba class, I'm just like, oh God, I'm so tired. And I was thinking about it a little bit. There's probably lots of reasons for it, but one of them is that I'm singing the entire time I'm doing the class. So I'm not breathing. It's also hard for me to breathe to music because as soon as there's a tempo, you try to breathe to that tempo. And if it's not the tempo that you need for your breaths, it's just like, it's really hard to breathe. So like, I think that's a big part of it for me. Well, and I, and I will tell you, I in my classes and in my personal training sessions that I do with with folks, breathing is is a is a big part of it because um, you know I, I'm always saying take a b- big deep breath, but I watch people when they do it. In fact, I'm going to have you do it now. Take a big deep breath. No, I'm not no, going to do that. You're right not going to do it. Okay, <laughs> I just want to know um, curiosity. But in any event. If you fill up your lungs, your whole, you know, all four lobes of your lungs, it's your abdomen that the middle of you will expand. But 95%, and that is not an exaggeration, of the people, when I ask them to take a big deep breath, suck in their stomach when they take a big deep breath and lift their shoulders. And so I know that they're not, I know they're not getting enough air. And when we talk about it, many of them cannot not suck in their abdomen when they take a big deep breath. And when I see that, I know why, you know, we have so much stress and we're always pulling up our shoulders anyway. And then we're trying to take a breath in the top part of our lungs. How could we possibly be getting enough air to live? Like, like we're not, we're like, it's brain damage. Well, it's also, um, I think uh, it's one of those things like, you know, we've talked about how food, you think that it's just taken care of as long as you're eating. I think the breathing might be kind of the same way. And you know how there's so much research being done lately on how beneficial meditation is. Mm -hmm. And meditation is breathing. Yeah. So I think it's just like, that's one of the key pieces of the puzzle, the final pieces of the puzzle that I haven't yet grasped yet in the health picture you know food sleep exercise breathing hmm. it's like the fourth key one i think that's true i think it is i I'm, I'm interested to watch some of his um his lectures his talks uh just because i i really believe that the exercises that i've ever done that helped me the most like oh the dude who wrote the book the supple leopard uh-huh he was like yo wim hof is doing incredible research you need to read up about them so cool cool um well you remember that i used to take um gyrotonics gyrokinesis mm-hmm. yeah, those yeah. things and they that that form of exercise has uh, at its foundation is the breathing part of it and then the expansion of your of your body you know making everything s- stretched and, and but the breathing part of it is such a huge deal um and I remember taking those classes and afterwards just feeling so good, so energized, even though some parts of it were very strenuous, some parts were more relax, relaxing. But I always came away just like like I knew I'd done something really good for myself, mm. just getting through it. 
And it's mostly breathing. I'm breathing right now, just thinking about how it feels, just naturally. Yeah. But it's not just your stomach that expands. It's your whole chest cavity. Yeah, it should it be your, but, but it out. shouldn't be, it shouldn't be this. It shouldn't be your shoulders rising up and your abdomen's contracting, which a lot of people. No, my shoulders rise too. Well, they should, but it shouldn't be just that. Oh, oh, oh. You should fill up just like a balloon fills up in all directions, but you shouldn't, if you're breathing really deeply, filling up the lower lobes of your lungs, your abdomen will come out. And your back will come out. Your sides will come out. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, so like, you know, earlier I was saying if he was a cult leader and he had a bad message, it would yeah. be really dangerous. He actually does workshops where he'll take you out to the Pyrenees Mountains. And then for on an eight-day trip, you'll do uh, like first few days of training, learning the breathing technique and all that stuff. And then like on the whatever day you go up the mountain and then the day after you celebrate and all this stuff. But it's like $2,000 and it's all included. I'm like, that's not that expensive. I want to try days, that. That's probably not that bad. Yeah. It's all included too. So you get food and stuff. But I think that'd just be really cool because like the, the one big difference between him and a lot of like just hucksters basically is that his stuff's all scientifically proven and he is living like he lives what he's talking about he's just like the happiest dude you've ever seen and when you see that i think that's the same when like anybody you see who's super happy when you see somebody's happy you want to know how, how they're, they're doing happy. it how yeah. are you doing that and the dude is just so happy i'm just like yeah i whatever you're smoking i want some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i remember seeing um one video about him where he was in a in a hospital where he was doing his breathing technique and they injected him with some kind of bacteria. Yeah, so it was an endotoxin, which apparently is just everything that the bacteria has that makes you sick just without the actual bacteria. Ah. So it'll make you really feverish and all that stuff, but it's not, you won't actually get sick from it. Oh, okay. So they injected him with it and they injected other people with it. Other people immediately got uh, nausea, fever, chills, all that stuff, sweating, and he was fine. He just sat there doing his breathing techniques and then his immune system kicked in and like fought it off. But it's like, he, he says that you, it's thought combined with um, the breathing exercises. So like you can actually focus your energies and your key and your chi and all that stuff towards whatever the problem is. I think it's just, you know what it is? It's like, I think another part of it that fascinates me is that it's, um, taking back control in your life and our lives in general in the sense that we're always like oh yeah that's just the way it is yeah i have no control over this i have no control over that yeah and then it's more just like no maybe i do have control and whatever little control i do have i'm going to exercise that right yeah i think that's the that's the deal is no you cannot control everything in the world that happens to you you can't control every little thing but there is a natural state for human bodies and human minds. And if, if, you are, if you are not paying attention to the things that you can do to reach that natural state, which is one of happiness and energy and feeling good and believing that the world is a safe, good place to be, if, you, if that's not how you're feeling, then you are not exercising whatever control you do have. Um, 
And it's that belief that the things that you do don't make a difference. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think it's just funny because like more and more, I'm just, uh, it's like, um, I, I've really turned a corner and it, it sounds weird because it's like how sure I am of it. And I know people would like to challenge it, but it's almost like it's irrelevant whether somebody wants to challenge what I think now, because it's like, um, I, I've really like internalized this thought that nobody even knows how we got here. Nobody even knows what we're doing here. So it's like we have all these made up rules and we have all these self limitations. And I'm like, no, it's just like all of them can be done with and gone. Like uh, yesterday I was thinking, I was like, there, there is zero reason whatsoever for somebody to have to do an eight hour job they don't like. Literally zero. Like, I cannot think of any possible reason why you should have to do that. And I mean have to, okay? So like the, you might say, oh, well, you gotta support your kids. No, no, that's a choice. That's not, you have to do it. Like, there, I'm going on a little bit off topic. But my thing is, is that <laughs> it's really just like ridiculous. Like that so many people don't enjoy what they're doing every day. And there's gotta be some way for this to stop this madness one of the coolest things that wim hof was saying yesterday in this podcast i was listening to is like right now we're working to serve the system the system is not working to serve us so like if we have all this civilization and all these stores and all this like advertising and all this stuff if it's not making us happy why are we contributing to it like that's another thing like just in general, are our lives so precious and so important that extending them despite the fact we're unhappy is a better state than having a really, really short life? Like say you just lived a week and you were doing everything you love doing. Like wouldn't that week be better than 50 years of mediocrity? Well, I don't know, but I know that our survival instinct would not really lend us to to think that that would be the case because i think we're in in general i think human beings are optimistic something inside us says keep going it will get better always yeah you know except for the people who who would who would at some point in their lives go no 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 being not not here would be better than than this and that's a very sad thing, and, it, and that definitely happens. That's a topic for a whole other well, thing. But, I'm not talking but about I want to. But I want to get back to your to your statement that you really there's no reason why you have to do anything that you don't want to be doing. Um, and I think the the thing that people and me included is when I think I have to do something, it's that I I feel like I have to do it, but I forget that I only have to do that if. I also want to maintain everything else the way that it is. So like I have people who come to me for nutritional advice and they'll come to me for nutritional advice because either they want to feel better or they want to lose weight or they, you know, a myriad of reasons they, you know, they want to work on their joint pain, whatever it might be. But as we have our conversations, many of them will go, well, how can I still do this and this and this and this? And, and you can't. You can't still eat sugar and stay up all night and 
eat a lot of carbohydrates and not give yourself any of the nourishment that you meant you need and reach this optimal state. It can't be both. You just have to choose which of those. So the same way with a job. You don't have to do a job. You do not have to punch a clock anywhere. You don't have to do anything in particular. But a lot of people feel like if they don't, then they can't do X, Y, and Z. And oftentimes they can't do X, Y, and Z. Like you can't, you can't support your family unless you have a way of supporting your family. Yes, that's true. So when you make that choice, it means that you have to re-look at, re-examine what it is that you really that you really do want. And then if you decide, well, you know, I really want to make my family comfortable, then stop stop being aggravated that you've made this choice of a way to make that happen. It's that you want many people want their cake and eat it too, basically. Well, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I know. I'm saying we can have our cake and we can eat it too. Okay. It's just the system we've set up does not allow us to have our cake and eat it too. Like what is the point of all this technology when we just have to keep working more and more? Like we've made all these things that make things easier to do, but we haven't worked less. You know, like Oh no, we made it made it much like worse. You have a computer that will do all this computation for you. And instead of saying, Okay, well now I can do all that work I used to do in eight hours in one hour. Instead, we're like, okay, well, now I'm going to do eight times the amount of work. That's exactly what happened. Like, you don't remember this, but I remember when we had typewriters where if you wanted a copy, you had to use carbon paper. <laughs> and if you made a mistake, you had to start again. It was before you could even, like, correct the mistakes, before copying machines, before faxes, all of that. And when they started talking about, oh, when we have this, how much better that's going to be, all we did was fill up the extra time with more work which i think is totally okay if the work's fulfilling and you like doing yeah. it but if it's not fulfilling and you don't like doing it what are we doing it for i don't know like why are we i don't know it's just like i haven't totally packaged my thoughts into a nice neat little like here but just basically it's like people will say that it's like oh well then well how would society go on how would the garbage get collected how would this and how would that like i don't know we gotta change our values of what's important you know, it's, a, it's like buying stuff that creates more garbage is what's important to us. Then, yeah, I guess there's nothing we can do. Yeah, I, that reminds me of that mortgage commercial I saw on the Super Bowl, uh, during the Super Bowl. It was a mortgage company that was talking about, okay, so, you know, if you make it easy, easy for, you know, a thousand people to buy a house by using some app on their phone, they get a mortgage then all of them are going to need to buy and then they listed a million yeah, yeah. things that they would need and i was like i that was the most out of touch commercial i've ever seen not only that for just in itself but i looked at the youtube video for that thing and it got like like 90 percent down votes really oh well, i am down. so glad yeah. to hear that it was but, like what were you guys thinking like did you think this was gonna go over yeah, well i wondered if maybe the, maybe i had lost so so lost touch with what is reality for so many people that their what their life is about is buying things and that's like wally yeah. right now <laughs> well and there's that line in um interstellar where the grandpa says you know there was a time when we made new stuff every day and you had six billion people making new stuff every day and everybody wanting it all you know that's kind of a that's what that commercial reminded me of is yeah. like holy cow if that's really what we think is important 
or what a lot of people think is important even not everybody but even just enough to like make that commercial worthwhile well i I think people are hungry for satisfaction you know it's like we're not satisfied nutritionally we're not satisfied socially so like one of the easiest ways of a quick fix of satisfaction is buying something like that's that's undeniable retail therapy yeah when you buy something it feels good you're like oh this is great yeah all right like this is gonna make me happy finally yeah it'll make you happy for like an hour a day it's funny because like there's certain things that now when i buy stuff i try to like limit it to things that i'm really going to use and get use out of like i bought a 55 millimeter lens and i was so excited about it i got it i used it for a day and it was so great but then that excitement wore off and now it's just another part of my tool set Mm -hmm. which is great and i use it all the time so I, i feel like it's a worthwhile purchase but if that were something like an ipad okay that excitement wears off and then what do i have an ipad for it's a slightly larger phone so I have no use for it. I have to come up with uses for it, you know? And then that's where things really start to own you. Yeah. It's like you don't own the thing. Yeah. And well, and I, I, don't, I don't know how you are with your lens, but I look at several of the, like I like to cook. I have kitchen gadgets. And the ones that I like and I kept when we purged the kitchen. Yeah. Every time I use them, I get that feeling. Oh, like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I do I, get I, that. Yeah. I get that like, feeling oh like, God, oh, this, God is like... this is the best. <laughs> like that one little chopper that, sure. that cuts cauliflower into the perfect rice size. You know, because I've got other ones and they're all too small or too big. But this is perfectly rice sized. Every time I use it and it happens so fast, so quick, I think, oh, God. This thing is awesome. <laughs> that's funny because like whenever I look at my clothes and stuff, I'm always like, Sorry, uh, forgot one of the phones. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I look at my clothes and stuff, I'm like, man, these are just nice clothes. And I'm really excited about having them and wearing them. And like, it's just like a really good feeling. Like, it's like I invite you to try that if you're listening to this and you've never tried it before. Think about you, what your favorite things. And then just think about what if you only had favorite things instead of lots of stuff that you're just like, I don't even know why I had this anymore. Like clothes is a great example. Like, well, I used to have so many clothes and just like, lots of them I just didn't like that much. Whatever. But now it's all the clothes I wear. I'm like, these are great. I love these clothes. I have one pair of pants right now. It's my camping pants that I'm not thrilled about. And they're really crappy quality though. Pockets are having holes and stuff and it's falling apart. (laughs) But that brings me to my next point, which is that now I, I heard this really good piece of advice Every time you want to buy something, ask yourself, is this worth X amount of dollars of my freedom? So right now I would like to buy some really nice leather shoes. I think that's my next, like, not frivolous, but like not necessary. It's I don't need that, but I would really like to have a really nice pair of leather shoes. And then every time I'm like, oh, I'm ready now. I'm like, is this worth $200 of my freedom to buy these really nice leather shoes? And my answer is no. Not right now it isn't. (laughs) I don't have enough extra income for that to be worth my freedom. Or like um, buying something that would make my life slightly more convenient, but not enough to offset the price of freedom. Because like money is really freedom when you think about it, because you can buy food, you can do what you want, you can buy shelter, all that stuff. So that's like, you're not understanding what I'm saying? I am saying? not understanding. What, how do you put a price on your freedom? I don't, I don't understand what money you mean. Money is that. freedom in the sense that you can do whatever you want if you have money. Okay. 
So like if I have $1,000 in my bank account, that's $1,000 of freedom. I have not thought of it like that. And at first I thought you meant, um, okay, for $1,000, I'm going to have to work a certain number of hours. Yeah, exactly. I'll quantify it for you. If you have $1,000, okay, that's, and you make $10 an hour. That's 100 hours that you don't have to work. Okay, that's what I was trying to get at. Is that what you mean? I got it. Well, it's not only that, but that's 100 hours you don't have to work. That's a month and some change that you don't have to have money to pay rent. You can just use that money to pay rent. And that's however long you can feed yourself, all that stuff. That's that's what I'm saying. Got it. Okay. So, like, I've just recently been framing everything that I'm like, oh, I might want that. And I'm just like, eh, it's probably not a good idea. I would much, especially, like, I didn't have a credit card my whole life until maybe two or three years ago. I was just finally like, I need a credit card. Like, I'm tired of not having a credit card. I don't remember why I thought that. Oh, it was because I wanted to buy camera gear. <laughs> and those are very expensive, so it's, like, good to have a credit card to do that with. If you're willing to go into debt, which at the time I was like, man, I can manage this, right? Let me tell you something. I will never use a credit card. I, I've paid off all my debt, and it's the the getting back to freedom is like it's i would never trade that sense of freedom for anything i if like if i needed it for a job or something i'd still be like well i guess i just can't take that job because i don't have the money to buy that equipment or you're gonna have to pay for the equipment but i'm not going to put myself in debt to do that it's just not worth it to me at all but now i've experienced it and i know what it's like i can see where like the dangers lie but it's like it's really dangerous because you're like oh yeah i'm gonna make money i'm gonna make money and i can just you know buy this now and then and it's not even so much like the interest charge i think i've probably been charged like three to five hundred dollars of interest total from everything i've done which is like for the amount of stuff i bought i'm like oh that's fine but it's the sense that oh i gotta pay this back at some point yeah and it's not a pleasant feeling yeah it's not it's not cash that you've just been offered it's not a source of income it's just a a cash tool yeah you still got to earn the income to pay it yeah so yeah it's tough it's tough debt's a ugly thing and i hope to get out of debt someday <laughs> um but like right now i do not have a credit card i haven't had one for three or four years now i only use my debit card or cash that's how i do it um because well, it, and at first it was kind of hard, but now I'm at a point where I don't look at my freedom. I look at happiness. Like, am I buying this because I actually need it? So food is easy, rent's easy, utilities easy, but things that 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 are just objects that I would buy, you know, clothes or um, experiences, whatever they are, unless I believe they're actually going to enhance my happiness. it's not that important anymore like i went many years without decorating my home then i got my home then i got a home by myself and i i decorated it i spent a ton of money on it i you know i did everything i made it like i wanted it and lo and behold it did not make me happy and all these years i thought if i just had control over that and i could i could make my space the way i want it and now i find that making my space the way i want it has nothing to do with what I put in it. It's how I am in it. And this, I'm, I'm on a side note, I'm really grateful that we've had to show the house um, for our landlord because 
now I don't, I, it, it was almost like a light bulb. I don't like the mess anymore. I, the, the disorganization is starting to bother me. Like when we were, when we were in Gatlinburg, um, we, um, Rick brought Everett some Lincoln logs, which were really fun by the way. And he really loved them. We had a great time with them. <laughs> Lincoln logs. But, um, <laughs> one, one of the nights that we were there, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, Everett was really tired and maybe it was after the river trip or something, but the, the room was just messy because we had the Lincoln logs everywhere and he couldn't settle down. And, and the next day I thought to myself, I should have just cleaned those up because it was bothering me. It was making me, you know, a little agitated. I can't imagine that it wasn't making him agitated. Um, so I, I now think I, I might be able to keep this, keep this up because I don't like the feeling of the clutter. And that is like, I think just in the last episode, you might have said, does that bother you? And I was like, no, it doesn't bother me, but now it does. <laughs> Maybe that's my epiphany. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the brain, well, I don't know. I guess that's not true. I was going to say the brain has a way of like wanting to organize things. Like that's just kind of like a human trait, I feel like, is to put things into order yeah. and to make things efficient. But Maybe for you, you just went so far on the edge. Your coping mechanism was like, I got to be able to ignore this. Yeah. Well, and I think for many parts of my life, I had so little control over what I did. The refrigerator is making noise. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, I had so little control over what what I did in my life or what I what I brought into it or any of those things that... I went, I swung really far to the side of, yeah, it's okay. Everything's okay. It's fine. I don't, I don't have to have it my way. I'd rather be happy than right. Um, but I'm now at a point in my life where I have the ability to decide what's in my life. And I've, I've sort of ignored that for a while. And, and now I'm starting to get into it. So I uh, like, if I, if I, see something that's not operating the way I think it should, I can just go ahead and make a decision how to do it to make it fit me better. And I have more input. Like I think it's a fine line. It's not even a fine line, but there's a balance to be struck between getting things done and making things efficient. So for example, you could, well, here, here, mm, let me try to think of a good example. Okay, so say you're every time you want to record a podcast, you have to move a piece of furniture, okay? And you you have to move the furniture because that's just where it is. At some point, it, like you just want to get the podcast done. So you're like, okay, let's just move the furniture, let's get the podcast recorded. But then there's also that side of like, why don't we just make it so that it's easier to record the podcast? Like, let's get the setup out of the way so that when we actually want to do it, it's just like, boom. Which is what we've kind of done is like, I have a bag for all the podcast stuff. It's ready to go. I know exactly. We just set it up. We're good to go. We can do it anywhere. Yeah. And that's like, that's the balance what I'm talking about. So like, you can keep doing the hack, which is moving the furniture, or you can actually stop doing the hack and just make it right. Yeah. And like organizing your stuff and getting all the crap out of the way. I think that's part of it. Yeah. And it's, I think everybody comes to that in their own time. and Well, at least I, I have. I, there was a time in my life when I was younger 
that I that I was much more organized. Like in grade school and high school, I, and in my work life, I would I would always you know be much more organized. And then I went that whole other way. So I, I like the I like the balance. I I also like being able to not let the lack of balance bother me right yeah at some point you have to if there's no balance and you can't get the things you want you're like okay well i'm just gonna have to accept that this is the way it is right now and i'm gonna work with what i can yep so sometimes you make lemonade other times you throw the lemons away and go get some apples that actually taste (laughs) good (laughs) okay i think that's uh i don't really have much else to say I don't think. Do you have anything okay. that you want no, to No, but with? I do I do want us to investigate the, is it Vinhoff? Wim Hof. Wim Hof. It might be Vim in Dutch. I don't know. <laughs> but Okay, Wim Hof, um, and then report back on that later. See okay. what we find well, out. Well, I know that just from yesterday when I was doing those deep breaths, I felt better immediately, and I felt better for the rest of the day. Placebo or not, I'm totally cool with placebos, yeah. as long as they work. Well, and, and I forgot two things I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, that were related to that. So I'm going to, since we're talking you about it for a second. You can just talk about okay. it, whatever. Um, when you lived in New York and I went out there to, I can't remember, maybe it was when we were actually moving you out there and we stopped in Columbus. Do you remember that? Yeah. And stayed at your brother's house. Um, I just had some minor surgery. Actually, it was pretty big surgery. But I was also getting a cold. And I had been taking that gyro uh, gyrotonics class. Um, and I remember being in the bedroom that we were staying in and just doing the deep breathing exercises going, I cannot get sick. I have to be, I cannot be sick and woke up the next morning and the cold was gone. Um, I thought that was Sunjan's wedding. Well, I was going to say it happened again. (laughs) (laughs) It happened again at Sunjan's wedding and it happened just recently where I was starting to get sick and I was like, this just cannot happen. So I started just really, really, really deep breathing and, and woke up the next day. It was fine. So I know it has some impact. Maybe it is a um, a placebo, but I don't think so. I really don't think so. Yeah, I don't think it is either. And even like, I think placebos are totally fine if they're if they work. Yeah, they're <laughs> also reliable. Yeah. So like, they have to actually work every time. Yeah. Well, the so thing, like, like the, that's just mind over matter, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm not really talking about placebo, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I and and for this, I, I just don't know why I don't think of it more often. When I start to get sick, well, why I don't I do it? I don't. Just like what I was just saying is that I, I think that's a missing piece of the puzzle. In the, like, in the same way that you can take food for granted, you can take that for granted. And you're like, oh, yeah, this, well, I breathe all the time. I'm breathing right now. I'm alive. <laughs> but you don't think about how deeply yeah. you need to breathe and how much you need to breathe. Yeah. Okay, that does it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.